Hello, and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. We have an awesome podcast today. Today, we're going to be discussing how to manage personal growth amidst the chaos of life. And we're going to be doing that with a special guest, Josh Bryant. Hello, Josh. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, Robert. Oh, gosh. Thank you. <laughs> that thank you definitely goes towards you. Okay. Um, so I appreciate you very much. And I want to give the listeners a little bit of a background. If they don't know sure. who you are, they definitely should. <laughs> you are worth mm-hmm. knowing. And yeah. um, so a couple highlights I have written down is like lifting accomplishments. You were the youngest person to bench press 600 pounds at the time you did it. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yep. You also have deadlifted 800 pounds, which I believe you said was a huge accomplishment given the fact that your arms are not very long. Right. 810. Yes, I have very short arms as well. Uh, okay, uh, that's awesome, 810. So you have a 2294 powerlifting total. Yes, sir. Incredible. Uh, strong man, Strongest man in America in 2005. That's right. Yes, yeah, so you have done everything under the sun, and I guarantee there's more that I could keep naming. And then I want to touch on like uh, coaching accomplishments. I don't know if this is an actual title, but I believe you've coached the most 600 plus pound bench pressers probably ever. I think it's definitely true. I don't, I don't know of a title for it, but I I think it's a true statement. Yes. (laughs) So, and then uh, you've, you've trained people to just insane world records and awesome accomplishments. You've trained also bodybuilders. So not just strength, you've trained uh, Branch Warren, Johnny Jackson. Yes, sir. And then I'm sure several others, but I remember like watching the videos of you training Branch and Johnny and it was just crazy motivating uh you've also trained a lot of d1 and professional athletes and you have written a personal training course for issa correct two of them the, the um so the tactical strength conditioning that's yes. geared more towards like law law enforcement military and fire as well as the bodybuilding one. Oh, well, that's freaking awesome so i i do want to give them that background and then you have your website joshstrength.com so yeah. people can, if they want to work with you one-on-one, actually one of my current clients has worked with you in the past. He's working with oh. me for nutrition, but awesome. he absolutely loved working with you. Okay, uh, so that was really cool that, that that came up in a recent conversation. And here we are talking today. <laughs> awesome. And you have an outrageous number of eBooks. I have looked them up because I wanted to like give the titles and I was like, Oh my gosh, there are so many. <laughs> so that was very impressive uh, given what I believe your workload is and then trying to manage, you know, family and regular life to also write all the eBooks uh, is a huge accomplishment. I appreciate it. So where are you located? I know I just know you from online. Where are you located at? Uh, I'm actually in uh, South Carolina. It's just underneath Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I have a, I had a gym and now I'm doing uh, exclusively like online coaching for people. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm absolutely loving it. And uh, uh, so you've been somebody that I've, I've watched kind of how you do things and uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery, they say. There you go. So okay. uh, I can't imitate you because I want to be me, but you are definitely a great inspiration. I, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't be a better you than you are. <laughs> so, so for anybody, thinking, right? No one can be a better version of somebody else. Yes, that's the goal. So I appreciate um Actually, the three people who I have really watched a lot in my career were Louis Simmons, John Meadows, and you. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good company uh, to be in. 
No, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to be talking to you. <laughs> so that makes me a good company. Um, so what I wanted to do today, uh, yep. I wanted to get through that stuff so that we people have a, a good background. And I was, I was, I've watched a lot of your content, and uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on that I, I don't see often discussed in podcasts is just how you manage personal growth while trying to be successful in business, while trying to have successful relationships. And I see people like you seemingly doing it very well because you can only see what's on social media. And yeah. it's uh, something I thought would just be awesome to touch on in a podcast because sure. I know a lot of my clients struggle with that. So one of the things, just throwing it out there, is one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is when they have a lot to do in life is deciding on what is important versus what's urgent. Sometimes right. there's things that seem urgent, but they're not that important. And then things that are really important, but we often put them at the wayside because there's more urgent things in the way. Mm -hmm. How do you manage that for yourself? Like, how do you keep track of what's important versus what's urgent? I think with anything, it's just uh, comes down to priorities. And I think um, the main thing is that ha has helped me do this is we all can improve on time management and those type of things, but is mainly cutting out non-essential. So I know people have talked about, look at like, you know, what you spend, you know, 20% of your time on and stuff and get rid or 80%, whatever, and get rid of it. And I think that's kind of a big thing. So I think, you know, when you manage your time well and you focus on your priorities, there is in general going to be less urgency. So it's not so much, you know, like you talk about nutrition earlier, like I used to bodybuilding, like how do you diet? Like you're so, no, you're not. I wasn't, I was just, I just didn't put myself in bad situations. I didn't have, wasn't like there's cookies over there. I'm going to stare at and like, just I'm so great. I'm not going to eat them. Like I don't get around that stuff. So I think when you prioritize things, there is less urgency. And by, by having that, when there is something urgent, people will, you know, like do like for online coaching, for example, ask anybody. It's not like I'm like, Oh dude, sorry. I got this late to you. Like, I had this urgent situation. I don't do that very often. And I think if I did, people are like, oh, they're not going to question it because they know I don't do that. So yeah. I don't think it's like I have a better system of dealing with it. I think I have better planning up front so that things that are urgent are not, there's not so much urgency because if you take care of business, there are urgent situations like that you can't account for and you just have to deal with that when that happens. But for the most part, I think a majority of it, if you're living in like United States, it can be, you know, dealt with by planning ahead. So I don't think I have a better system. I think I should have better planning that would appear that way. That, uh, wonderful answer. And um, the, uh, the reason why is because that's what I tell my clients all the time. And that's what I tell myself is mm -hmm. often if I, if I prioritize what my needs are and I plan them ahead of time, my, a lot of my decisions are already made. There so when I come to a, you know, a pass, a fork in the road, if I already know what my higher priority is, my decision's already made, and I don't feel like I'm as reactive throughout the day, I'm more more proactive and more planned ahead, which does 100%. tend to help a lot. Yeah. How do you plan your day? Like, do you plan a week at a time? Do you plan kind of a day at a time? I would plan a day to days at a time. So probably more like if, like, for example, um, like ne next uh, weekend I'll be gone mm -hmm. um, doing a seminar in Phoenix. And I just said, went to Kansas City. 
I'm gonna be here this weekend. So, you know what I mean? So like that, like I planned, that was way ahead. I'm looking, okay, my kids got sports games and stuff. Okay, when can I not miss it? Like, when can I get the flight in? That kind of stuff. So that's planned way ahead. But of like day to day is like, you know, tomorrow, like, okay, I'll give you an example of like priorities. Like tomorrow, my daughter's about to be three. I'm gonna take her to the zoo tomorrow. So to go to the zoo tomorrow, I'm going to have to stay up late tonight. So like, since I'm not competing anymore, I stay in good shape, but I'm not like, if I'm going like, you know, basically the way I see it now is to not get injured and stuff. I'll push myself to like 95% of my extremes. I think a lot of those injuries happen the last 5%. So for example, you know, just say like, if you're trying to deadlift 600, that's 570, like the odds of getting hurt setting that goal when you're capable of that would be less or like sprinting. If you're not going quite a hundred percent, you're going to, you know, 95%. It's a lot less. So what I'll do is like, I think um, I realize I'm going to have to stay up late tonight and sacrifice an hour or two sleep. Now I look at that to me, that's worth the trade-off. You say, well, the benefits of sleep. Yeah. But I think the benefits of spending time with my daughter and maintaining my business are, are more, are more supersede the sleep. So things like that. So I'm planning it out way in advance, but this came up on Monday. So you generally a few days out, if there's nothing big coming up, because I think you don't know what's going to happen and you don't want to become like, you know, if you're working mostly online, the same time, you don't want to become a robot either. Where like everything's exactly planned out and you Mm -hmm. have room for flexibility, because if that's the case and why you, why are you going to do this anyways? Because I mean, it's fun to work with people and help people, but you do want some sort of personal freedom. Like, you know, Absolutely. people think if you do work online that you're going to like, like they basically view it as one some people that are in the field, like, oh, that guy's successful. He must just never like leave this room and, you know, see nobody. And other people are thinking, oh, you know, at, at gyms only think, oh yeah, he probably sends one email a day that he's out by the pool having Mai Tais or something. And I think the reality is you do have more flexibility and you do have more freedom, but you require a hell of a lot more discipline too. And that's what people don't see is, like, yeah, I got way more freedom. You, you know, if I want to meet you for coffee at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, let's do it. But then that's going to be made up for somewhere else. It's not just like, oh, yeah, we're meeting for coffee at 10 a.m. Screw it. I don't have anything else to do. Like, it's just a mm-hmm. prior, prioritization like that. So generally a few days out. But when it's something big, I'll plan way out. Yeah. And that's, uh, that absolutely makes sense. As you plan what you can, then you're kind of fluid and make the decisions as you go as you need. Yeah. Right. Um, and then I think the other thing would be know, like get a lot of work done for when other people are sleeping. So either like I've yes. my best work is going to be done early before everybody's up or late when people yeah. go to sleep. And like you know, so I'm luckily I'm a good sleeper, so I don't have a very big problem of adjusting going to bed at eight o'clock and getting up at four or like staying up to eleven and getting up at like six or seven. You know, like mm-hmm. for what like luckily I'm a pretty good sleeper so I can adjust that pretty easily without much of a problem. Yeah. That's uh, like, I had it like initially mm-hmm. I just would like to stay up. Like initially my work pattern was get a lot done late at night. Mm-hmm. And my kids were starting to do stuff. I was like, okay, I get a lot done in the morning. They get into sports. Now it's becoming like, well, you know, be a little more flexible, but do your best to plan ahead of like, okay, this week's going to be more of like a late night week where I'm getting a lot done from like, besides during the day, get it done like eight to 11 or something at night where next week could be okay. They don't really have much late. So I'm going to be kicking ass like 4am to 7am. Well, 
you know, get them up about 630. So whatever that is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, definitely, I think so often people believe that they have to set this routine that, you know, has to be in place every day. Otherwise you can't be successful. But what I've seen with clients is success kind of happens when you can take advantage of the opportunities you have. A lot of times. So I think the, probably the way to look at it would be if you're undisciplined with your time, you do need a routine, like probably stick to it, like really strictly. But as you, as you're, you habitually become somebody that gets done what you need to get done, then you can look at being like more flexible. It's like training. The average person probably needs a really rigid plan with no deviation. But as you evolve, we can add and need to add more flexibility in there just because you've evolved that way. So I think that's how we look at this too, is like, you know, you know, be, be disciplined in what, in your goal, but flexible in your approach. Once you've earned sort of that, like, right, if you will, of being flexible. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good phrase. Yes. Um, now when it comes to your own kind of, uh, self-care, what do you, Oh, that's okay. I won't turn it off. Go ahead. When it comes to your self-care, what do you prioritize in regards to nutrition? Like, do you lightly track calories or protein throughout the day or how do you manage healthy nutrition? So, well, I've been doing something pretty interesting lately. Mm -hmm. It's um, just, you know, I've been eating like nothing I would consider, you know, unhealthy, if that makes sense. Like, if, like I've done a lot of, so I've tried like every kind of approach. Yeah. And fortunately for me, most have worked if I, if I do them, like I understand there are people that have like gut issues and that, and like, can, you know, whatever, and they don't do well. Like if I want to drop body fat, I can, or gain weight, even I could do it on keto. I could do an intermittent fasting. I could do it on the, the old school, like high protein, low fat, moderate carb kind of bodybuilding eighties, nineties approach. Um, Right now, I've been just doing stuff of like, literally, I haven't had a quote unquote, like cheat meal kind of bad food in like, you know, in probably six weeks or so. And I've been feeling pretty good with that. And I'm curious what will happen if I'm just eating as much as like, till I feel full kind of thing versus like, you know, tracking calories or anything. So, so far doing that, I think I've dropped about two pounds. So it's like, I feel better. Mm -hmm. but like, it's not like I'm trying to like lose weight or gain weight. It's just. I was curious what would happen if I just made good nutritional choices and make sure I get over my, my body weight and protein per day in grams. So like, you know, anywhere from I'm about 250. So, you know, usually closer to like 275 to 300 grams a day and just like, you know, make better decisions that way. And because and I've all the problem I've had in the past is, um, is generally like getting really rigid on an approach and doing really well with it. But then it becomes a, I've never been somebody that's been good at, I'm just going to do lifestyle choices. It's either going to be like, I'm on this diet and like, I don't budge and I take pride in like showing up somewhere where everybody else is having something else. So I'm going to stick to what I'm doing. And like, that's that, or, you know, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm taking a break right now. I'm just going to eat as much as I can of whatever I want. So I'm, I'm doing this and, and feeling good on it. Yeah. That works. Yeah. And then, uh, for training, how do you, what but do you I, honestly, I've ne I'll say this. I've never, even doing yeah. bodybuilding stuff, getting super lean. I've never really counted calories much. I've just changed like the sources of like, for example, like 
you want to go down a level. Okay. So, so, so change the steak out for like chicken breast or, or that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. like, obviously it's calories in versus calories out and that's how it's getting to lower calories, but it's never been like, Oh, I'm like at 3,100 now. So next week I'm going to be like 2,800. And I've obviously I know that works in science and then coaching people that way that are, that are real rigid in their approach, but Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and those substitutions work. Like people will go from, say, rice, and then they'll cut the same amount of like same volume, but do peas because that exactly. cuts the carbs in half. And then you can do the same volume in corn because that cuts the carbs again in half. So yeah, you can definitely do like substitutional reductions, and then For that sure. way you're not doing math all day. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to your training, what do you prioritize? Kind of, what do you make sure you get in every training session or every week? What's the biggest priorities for you? So that 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 would be a couple of them here. So one is I'm really focusing right now on my aerobic base. So I've been doing a lot of rucking and stairmaster um, with a weighted vest. I like the rucking better, but I really like the stairmaster with weighted vest um, because of um, how measurable it is, and there's like no like. I find like sometimes the rucking is like, I'll be like, you know, instead of keeping a steady pace, like, oh, I got to really speed it up or like, okay, I don't want to go too far today because I'm going to like slowly increase what I'm doing. So I've started off way too far. So now I'm just kind of dragging my feet to like not get too far ahead too. Where the Stairmaster, the nice part is like, I like the mathematics of it. And I also like, I like being outdoors, but I like to be able to like, I have it upstairs here. And nobody's up there. So I can put, I'll put on like an audio book and I listen to a lot of audio books that way. Nice. And no yeah. one disturbs me at all. And it's a really nice way to, no matter what, get some sort of education in that day. You know, even if like otherwise I wouldn't have. If I do that for like a half hour, 45 minutes, it's like, you know, I'm always good. So that, um, the speed, a lot of speed training right now too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not pushing the aerobic to like a crazy level, but I'm doing it real frequently. So I'm generally not letting my heart rate exceed like 140, usually more to like the 120s. Okay. And I'm doing that every day. So with the nice about stairmasters, you can actually track that and not be like, you know what I mean? So then you're like, you know, okay, like obviously if you're at this level, you go up one, it's still the same. It's got it's like an overload of sorts because you've improved there. Mm-hmm. And then we're focusing on my my speed training and then um Strength training is more um, focused on like kind of more like functional or tactical movements, if you will. And that's so basically in a nutshell, my priority is to move like I'm 50 pounds lighter, have the speed and move and agility of somebody 50 pounds lighter, but the strength of somebody 50 pounds heavier. Mm-hmm. So where that can improve the most right now would be um, – on the aerobic side of things. And that's made some pretty good strides um, since about January, probably not to the end of, end of December. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah, around I see on social media. Yeah. So that I do post a lot of my stuff in there in the Instagram stories and stuff, but a lot of it's, you know, that's why I don't do it as often. And now is just because a lot of the stuff's kind of boring. It's like, okay, this guy's oh. on the stairmaster. You want to keep watching this? Like, you know, or like you just put a picture of rucking or something, but like today I did the Stairmaster um, this morning for 30 minutes with a weight, a 45 pound weighted vest. And um, I have an 80 pound one too. I like, I like the 45 pound one a lot though, cause the way it's fitted more so, but then um, I'll go run um, hill sprints here at like, eh, about f- what time is it? I got to check what time it gets dark. I mean, I want to finish right when it gets dark. So I got to figure out exactly about five fifteen or so. And then, 
that's what I'll do today. So it's like um, sometimes with these kind of training, you have to break it up more. So like the difference is it's instead of like one long session, it might be two, um, you know, two shorter ones to like prevent any kind of interference and, and just, you know, making a session less effective in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, um, that's great to think of like the balance of the aerobic and the strength. You know, a lot of times people kind of do one or the other to the extreme. Right. So it's, it's good to have the balance there. Yeah. I've and never, I've pushed both before. I did. I got into a crazy aerobic kick about 15 years ago. Oh, what'd you do? Yeah, a lot of running. And then I, you know, and then, um, I got into like, you know, only intervals and all that. So like, I've, I've found out like about the best results if I can, you know, cause the thing is with the aerobic training, the good part about it is if, if even with intervals, you haven't been training them, you regenerate real quickly between, between sets and you recover better between workouts even. So mm -hmm. that was the first thing I noticed and why I kind of, besides it being healthy and all and needed and all this stuff, I noticed like, you know, when I do like the hill sprints and stuff before, they're for speed and power. So it wasn't like I'm trying to like, you know, I'm going to do like, you know, however many and, and throw up. But I noticed like, say I'm going to rest for three minutes. Honestly, like 45 seconds later, I'm like, wow, I feel great. I'm ready to go. Where before it's like, you know, the rest period was planned out like for before where it's like, okay, I'm ready to go now, but it took the full recovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely does help. Like I know um, a lot of the power lifters that I've coached, they're mm -hmm. familiar with your rucking protocol. That's and, perfect. Uh, yeah, they love that because it is a way for them to balance that aerobic health with the strength. But also they've said the same exact thing is they notice their recovery is a lot better. They don't have to be in the gym for three hours a day. <laughs> don't have to be in the gym. And then you also just, um, yeah, and it shouldn't add. So people always ask me, like, where where do you go with this? And like I said, the, the, the kind of rule of thumb is sort of like abstract and vague, but is this shouldn't be adding additional stress to your training. So like, this is not an additional stressor. This should help you regenerate. So like mm -hmm. what a stressor, something's going to cause you to recover further from this should enhance what you're already doing recovery wise, not add something additional to recover from. And yes. you be careful with like powerlifting and stuff, because a lot of people, you know, myself included is like, you want to push everything to the limit and it's like tough. Like, oh, okay. I did, you know, I did this today. And I was fine. Why don't I push a little further tomorrow? That's fine if you're going for an endurance training, but then it no longer becomes like the original intended purpose. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's, um, so we touched on nutrition. We touched on training. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as much as you would feel comfortable sharing, sure. <laughs> um, like in regards to personal things you want to do, like I know for myself, like I track, uh, are you familiar with the five love languages? Yeah. Okay. Like the ones that were like, it's like the, um, some people are words of affirmation and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my wife and I have done that. And one of the things I kind of track what I do each day or throughout the week is whether I'm touching her love languages, because I want to make sure our relationship, you know, is always growing and evolving. Are there things that you think of in your personal life? You mentioned audiobook and wanting to learn something. Are there a couple markers you have uh, each day or each week that you try to achieve? Um, that's that's a good question. So I don't have like an exact metric like you say you do right there. Mm -hmm. um, but I think one thing like you funny you say that is like I found really good with our family members here is just um, 
one thing I do is like every once in a while, just randomly just leave them a note in the morning and leave it out and have them read it. And that seems to work for everybody. Um, so I think that I think um, making sure um, I try to do something every day with everybody here, you know, like something like special. It could be something small, like we're just going to walk into the block and talk or something. Yeah. Or it could be something big, like I'm taking the zoo on Wednesday kind of thing. So it just depends on the magnitude, but something like that every day is kind of like the main marker with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then also, like I say, like from the physical side, some sort of physical activity every day. It could be something not too strenuous. Like on Saturday, all I did was, because um, I did that seminar in Kansas City, was, um, and it was like, um, I planned to do a lot on the plane and the Wi-Fi wasn't working. So oh. kind of set me back a little bit. So what I did was um, just go on there. They, they had a sort of, I don't know what this thing would be called. It was not an elliptical and it was not a Stairmaster. It was sort of like a hybrid. I've never seen it before. Hmm. Did that for 20 minutes. And besides the seminar, it was obviously all walking around and stuff and, and coaching yeah. people. But like, so I'll try to do some, I make sure I, I don't try. I make sure I do something every day. And yeah physically like that and you know i'm trying to think like a client of mine was saying during covid he said um he's actually the baseball coach at vanderbilt university and he was saying he's like this is my like 1100 and you know 47th day straight of working out like wow. i'm training like three days a week like a, a hard training but you know, just like walk, rucking or something like that. And that's kind of how I've been. It's like, I haven't kept track, but I, I mean, it's been like at least a year of of doing something physical every day with an intended purpose. Not like, you know, if yeah. I'm saying if I take my three-year-old, two-year-old to the park, that's not really to me, like I'm saying something like an intentional physical, it'd be short though. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, I'm going to do like you know, 10 sets of pushups or something, but it's usually like at least 20 minutes or so. And I feel yeah. better because like, I feel like, um, you know, we were real fortunate here, like no, no COVID kind of stuff or like any kind of like sicknesses. And I think that kind of helps keep the immunities up if you're not doing it to an absolute extreme, because like they said, the aerobic work should help you regenerate and recover, not, you know, make it worse. True. Yeah. There's an amount of exercise that improves the immune system, but if you overdo it, it kind of crashes. Right. <laughs> there's like olympic athletes and stuff that get more you know studies show actually get ill more often mm-hmm. so yeah um one last thing i kind of want to touch on sure. was um I'm trying to think how to word this is what do you have any guideposts or do you look to a person or a resource that kind of drives you to continue to improve yourself or kind of gives you um, focal points to keep going after. So an example would be is uh, mm-hmm. like, I, I would classify myself as Christian. Okay. So I think of, you know, the Bible as like a motivating right. kind of guidepost for what I should do. Absolutely. Should do. do you have anything like that? That kind of, I think definitely that you? the Bible, if like, what's right and wrong of the final say, I mean, I think we could all do better there and, and and all that. But I think at the end of the day, to me, that's going to be the final word. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, you know, also on earth of more like motivating of what's not going to like, you know, not that you're out there to 
win this, you know, to, to win people's approval for, for nothing. But at the end of the day, I think what I actually at church year many years ago, the pastor said something, I don't remember what the context was. I don't remember if it was like a sinning or something, but it's basically, would you be embarrassed if someone put this on the front page of the paper? Oh yeah, It's a good one. Cause if you think about it, if like you got mad at, you know, some waiter, for no some stupid reason, you probably don't want that in front of the newspaper. Now, if the waiter's spitting your food in front of your face and you got mad about it, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I better get mad about it, right? It's fine if yeah. sort of in the newspapers. I think that's kind of like a good um, if you're ever in doubt, like if you if it's on the front page of the newspaper, would you be embarrassed? That's kind of a good kind of like if you're unsure about something. Yeah, that works. I like that. That's a really good one. <laughs> uh, so on your path. Uh, to improvement as you've improved right. in business, as you've improved uh, in your own life, however you would define that. Sure. I'm assuming the pathway has not been a smooth sailing, even trajectory, exactly the way you planned it. It's probably just you do what you can, when you can, how you can. Right. Well, I think basically what I, my, my quote unquote secret or method mm -hmm. or whatever is developing, I'll call it like developing a talent set. So what that means is, um, I'm just talking about this the other day. So a talent set would be like not selling out or pouring out, if you will. It's more of like, you know, all this stuff has like a, I guess, commonality. So it's not like I'm going to like, you know, be like strength coaching here and like try to try out for like movie roles here and doing this, that, and the other of like things that are unrelated. It's like, okay. I'm training, you know, strength athletes, right? So I have to get stronger. Okay. Well, tactical athletes, basically their base for what they do is strength as well. So there's some transference there. Like, okay, the rucking worked for them, but the rucking also works for powerlifters. So if I can develop things that are related, that is a talent set. So then, so what I can do to remain true to what I'm doing is keep pushing forward but then at the same time, kind of let the market decide to a degree of what I'm going to actually bring out to market. So like, since there, it's a talent set, you have, you know, all these different working levers at once, but they're interrelated. So it's not like you have to change what you're doing or who you are. It's like, okay, well, like I need to provide a living for my family. So um, I'm doing like, say like, I'm like for the tactical, that's the easiest one to go. I had no intention of going there. All I know is I was done powerlifting. And I told you what, how I want to train is move yeah. like I'm lighter and, and have the strength of I'm heavier, essentially. I had no intended purpose of going for this market. But I, I like have a lot of friends that are cops, military and all that. So, you know, happy to help kind of thing. And people are like, hey, I'm like the captain of the SWAT team. And, you know, one of you guys in South Carolina, I see how you're training. Like, you know, I want to train like this. This would help us. Okay. This is Okay. So before I know it, a lot of people are wanting to do this. And so then, you know, I started doing it and they all start getting good results and all this stuff. And, and then I got an ISSA tactical course out of the deal, along with a lot more clients and, and seminars and all this stuff. So it wasn't like I, I pursued a, a market. I pursue a talent set of that's like, that's compatible though. So like, you know, if you're like, say, speaking on mindset or something, you talk about this, that, and the other goal setting, you know, a daily routine, whatever you have. And yeah. everybody keeps coming back to the daily routine and you're going to do a seminar or something. Maybe you need to focus on the daily routine because you're not, you're not, you already were talking about it. Like yeah. it's how like COVID hit, like how to do, do well in COVID, like gel out strong. All these books are about 
training with minimal equipment. So since the talent set was there and you have like the know-how and the confidence to capitalize, you do. So I think that's kind of the biggest thing is don't become one dimensional on, on one thing. But then the other side is like, you saw a lot of people kind of go out of business in COVID because yeah. they became untrue to what they'd been doing. They'd be like, Oh, well, like, you know, basically like you need every fancy gadget and gizmo to like, you know, maximize hypertrophy or pecs or you're like, you're just a dumb powerlifter or something, right? Well, yeah. then all of a sudden these people are like, oh, well, like how to work out at home. I'm like, hey, wait a second. You're the one that's saying you can't work out at home. You say you have to go to these gyms with a hundred different machines. So now you're the at-home workout? No, you're not. You just yeah. know your business is failing because of this circumstance and you're just trying to make money to stay relevant. You know what I mean? So like, that's not part of your talent set. Like, you know what I mean? So that's what, like, what's allowed me is just developing a wide talent set, but making sure it's all somehow related mm -hmm. because it's all part of each other. Like the power lifter can benefit from an aspect of tactical training, like rucking. They're not going to be going for like, you know, three hours of 12 minute miles, with 80 pounds, like up a mountain. But if they can walk around their neighborhood with a 45 pound vest for 45 minutes, and not be gassed, they're going to, you know, live longer yeah. and recover better. You know, the tactical athletes not going to probably go for a world record in the deadlift, but if they can do over two times their body weight, they're going to be, you're going to be able to produce more ground force and be, and be more explosive and faster. So it all connects. It's just, it's called yeah. what talent set. So that's kind of what I do. Yeah. I like that. That's a, uh, an extreme example would be Tom Haviland. In yeah. regards to like having that strength to do anything amazing. He isn't necessarily a world record holder or anything, but he damn sure could be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he is probably if you if you started like factoring some of the stuff you go put it this way, they're not official records, but I would I would think nobody else could do it. Oh, but that's absolutely. an example of like, you know, like just doing what you do. So you keep like a lot of people have come to me because of training him and stuff. And it's just because you do a good job with what you have instead of like, that's already part of it. And that's kind of like interesting with the evolution with him is initially it was more, I don't say power lifting, but then we started doing like, okay, let's get like some off season type of stuff. We'll get some strongman stuff in here. And he had an athletic background before we know it. It's like a lot of people, when they start doing this stuff, you know, have a lot of fun with it. Like, okay, I want to actually go that direction more. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, cause a lot of people aren't necessarily powerlifting. They, they want to, but they want to be strong. So the, 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 like where CrossFit and places have missed, like the boat is for one, a lack of like, like I like the idea behind it. I don't like the um, lack of organization. Like for example, your workout of the day, if you go once a week or twice a week should be different. If you go seven days a week and it's not like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So like, they'd be like, okay, well, like obviously as you know, you work with people. If someone tells you you can only train twice a week, you only do the top priorities because I mean, you only got twice a week, right? Oh, you got time for it. Well, yes. Like, Hey dude, like um, I inherited $10 million and I'm just going to take a year off and train. Yeah. And like, I have every recovery modality at my disposal and, and every piece of equipment and unlimited time. So we, I want to train twice a day, seven days a week. Well, then you can get into like a lot of like, okay, well, we're going to like really like maximize your forum hypertrophy with specialized training in addition to the blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Because you have all that time. So you got to look at it that way too. Yeah, very true. Well, I know, I know you're running short on time. <laughs> um, yeah, I got like seven minutes here. 
Okay. The one last thing was sure. I really just wanted to ask um, in regards to resources that have helped you in uh, personal success, personal growth. So not necessarily training nutrition resources, but more so just trying to be a better person, try to improve your character. Uh -huh. Have there been, can you think of a couple top recommendations that you would give to people? Um, I think um, like, well, one obviously is like you said, I think um, you could read the Bible and stuff. And if you're involved, if it, you know, a good church, you don't have to have a church, but like that could be a good, obvious resource. Mm -hmm. I think it's the people you surround yourself with too, oh, or, yes. or don't surround yourself with. Like that people think when they talk about, okay, like the people you're around, like, you know, whoever five most are kind of influenced where you are kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, I mean, the same people talk about like cutting out bad influence. It doesn't have to be if there's somebody's a bad influence, it doesn't need to be a big movie or anything. You don't need to make a big deal if you're going to kind of go your separate ways. Just kind of like go your separate ways and don't make a big deal. You don't have to tell them they're a jerk or like yeah. they're on the path to failure. If, if you've kind of outgrown that relationship in your season of your life, you can move on without being a jerk about it or making a big stink about it. Just move, go your separate ways. And and hopefully the person comes around doesn't mean you won't help them if they need help. It just means like, if you're trying to like, you know, focus on being a better person, you're training, whatever. And you know, they're just, you know, a drugged out zombie all day. It doesn't mean you wouldn't help them if they need help, but it means like you don't need to be, you know, hanging around them when they're, you know, smoking meth all day or something. It's yeah. It doesn't mean you're abandoning them. You know, at what point are you aiding and abetting? I don't, I don't, I'm not a philosopher. I don't know exactly what, where the line is, but I do know if someone's making really bad, you know, kind of immoral decisions and you're just going to sit there and, and at what point do you become part of it? I, I don't have a good answer for that, but I know it's not, you're not helping them or yourself, you know, if you're just hanging True. around acting like nothing's happening. True. So yeah. I think that, and I think just hanging around good people, like for the, I know it's not about training, but like for training was like, you know, like good mentors, like Fred Hatfield and people. And, and, you know, luckily I had really good parents and stuff. So like, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't always, and then also like had a good ability to discern what I'm trying to learn from somebody. So like if somebody, for example, like growing up, even in high school or something, be around like some crazy bodybuilders or powerlifters that like kind of had messes of personal lives. Yeah. I could see that, Hey, this person has a lot to offer on training. Like they want to like talk to me or train with me. But like, if you look outside of the gym, they're kind of like a disaster on a personal level. So like I was smart enough to like, see that, like, you know, like if I'm trying to learn from you, what do you bring to the table? Like, yes. so you know what I mean? So like I, you could like, you know, like it's like if you put up like on Instagram or something and like, say you put up like a quote of somebody that'll be like, this person did this or whatever, like, you know, like we'll talk about Henry Rollins. Well, he's like a self-proclaimed socialist or something. Okay. Maybe he is. I don't know, but this is a good quote about lifting. I don't know like much about him personally. So, you know, I do know I like this quote. I do know I like what it could like, I can take from it. So like I have a good ability to discern of what's like useful from, you know, cause I, I've studied a lot of NLP. Do you know what that is? I do not. Neuro, neuro linguistic programming. So it's like what, um, 
Tony Robbins has it too. It's called, he calls it neuroassociative conditioning because he started there too, but he thought the NLP people were like too like cult-like-ish where they think like, it's like their kind of study of stuff's like the, like the only way you can look at it. It's basically like how you frame situations. A lot of most like hypnotists now would be like somewhat schooled in it. But a lot of it's like just how you, you know, you would frame a situation and things like that. And like that, that's a big thing from like, how is this useful is one of the things yes. you study of like, okay, well, like, let's just say like, you know, you're not, you're obviously not but like dishonest scumbag, whatever, but you okay. like, you really have like a great training system. So they, you, the NLP would view it as, okay, what's useful is like, I can learn these techniques from you and you'll, I can go at the gym and watch you. It doesn't mean like, because one of the techniques is called mirroring. You like would mirror. Oh yeah. Mirror what you want. So like, they would say like, mm -hmm. for example, if like, I really want to get in your head or like get learned from you, I'd even like start mirroring your physiology and stuff like how you're like your posture and all that. So I can feel what you're feeling kind of thing. But one of the things is like, they talk about what is useful, what's good feedback. So what the way you look at it is like, Oh, this person may not be perfect, but I can learn. So as a Martin Luther King said, every man's yes. superior in some way or something. I think Martin Luther King said every man's superior in one way or some way or something. I think that's definitely true. If like having a ability to like see what good somebody brings to something, but not be so jaded that I think, oh, well, like just so they're good at training, that means they're like a stand-up citizen or something. Yeah. And that's a wonderful point is there's there's almost always something you learn from somebody, even if what you're learning is what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's that yeah. too. Yes. And uh, I think that's a big takeaway because uh, I've actually had that question posed to me and it can be challenging to sum up like I'm 40 years old mm -hmm. and it can be challenging to sum up what you've learned in 40 years. Like it's not from one book. It's not from one person. It's always from a collective of experiences. No. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head is taking the perspective in moments or with interactions is what can I learn from this in a good way? Or, you know, what can I learn what to avoid? And I found that that always helps me uh, just become better myself is looking for the good in other people or looking for the lesson of what not to do from other people. Right. I remember there's a guy at the gym, one of these guys, he was training a bunch of pro athletes and he had no clue when I was real young, I had no clue. And this guy would be like, this guy sucks. He didn't know what he's doing. I'll just be watching him. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely doesn't know what he's doing, but like, he's clearly something's gone right. He's getting these people in here. So what has he done? I was sort of watching him. I'm like, this guy is like the most likable, best talker. So the agent or somebody brings him in here and he schmoozes them. Cause even like yeah. when they're getting, I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, I don't want to use his training techniques, but like, instead of us being over here, like intellectually superior, you know, while he's killing it, like maybe what if you could pick up his skill set there, but then retrain, re retain your skills in the field, then you're really doing well, you know? And like, I, yeah. I think like that was kind of like what they like started studying the NLP stuff pretty early on mm -hmm. because I listened to, um, yeah, I listened to one of when it was like on a CD or tape or something, one of Tony Robbins's book. And he said something about neuroassociative conditioning. And I, I started investigating that. And I'm like, so basically he took NLP and like, he's right. And what he was saying, he said like a lot, if you talk to a lot of people who do it, they're like, I mean, I don't say it's like a religion or something, but it's because it, there's no religious con. It's not like, they always say it's not good or bad. It's, 
it's just studying it. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, a lot of people, you know, I've heard of most people, it's not religious at all either way. It's just, but some people have, you know, I went to talk to a pastor said about, it, he said like, I don't know why some people don't like it. He's like, if like, I want to, like, if I have a big church and I like the way Walt Disney run his company, I might check out how Walt Disney run his company. It just means like the managerial process, not like everything he did. And that's kind of how NLP is. It gives you a really good ability to, to start studying what's useful and, and then look at things for what they are versus like, just because you know, training doesn't mean, uh, you know, your life's good. You could be like, I mean, the, maybe you make a million dollars a year, but you're 3 million in debt. Who knows? You know? So like, yeah. I can say, Hey, you know what? You've really bad spending habits and investing habits, but you make, you're bringing a million a year. So I'm going to take that. I want to look, what are you doing yes. to get clients in? I don't want to know about what you after you get the money, but how do you get that money? And like, I can learn something from, you know, like I really yeah. gave me the ability. Yeah. I think that's a big thing is not throwing people away like wholesale. There's, there's often stuff you can learn and, you know, keeping an open mind is just going to help you overall in the long term. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I do genuinely appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, so I, I encourage the listeners, please go to joshstrength.com, check out all your eBooks. Uh, you have a really good, uh, you give a blend of like nutrition training and like the mindset. And right. I really like the collection you have. Uh, okay. So congratulations on that. <laughs> and um, so I encourage everybody to go to that. And then if uh, anybody wants to reach out to you, would that be the best, best place to do it? I got a contact form. We go in there. I also have a newsletter on there. It's free. So if you oh, go nice. on there, sign up for my newsletter, um, you'll get sent a free eight week deadlift program. Oh, I don't say, yeah. Eight week deadlift program I made for free. And the Hill Sprint program, seven weeks. So you okay. both those for free. And um, that's also a way to contact if you want to contact me personally about working one-on-one or nothing. But like the thing is, I, I'm not trying to say that there really is no strings attached. I nice. mean, like if you sign up for the newsletter, it's not like you're going to get like a month later, like, hey, by the way, like if you want to continue, it's 30 bucks a month. It's free. Yeah. So, Yeah. Well, that would be great. Uh, I'll be the first one signing up. <laughs> okay. Well, appreciate it. Yes. Okay. So for the listeners, if you have any questions for me or you have any questions about the podcast, just reach out or email us brutalirongym at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. And if you do share it, please include uh, Josh's website so people can go visit him and see his resources. And then if you like the podcast, you can consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. And then if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Jim. Well, thank you, Josh, for being here. Thanks, Robert. I'll talk yes. to you later. Bye. Yes. Have and then, as always, I hope this was helpful. And thank you for listening. Thank you.